0: And we're recording. Welcome to episode 24 of Auto Off Topic. I'm Andrew. And I'm Brad. And we're your hosts of Auto Off Topic. So it appears that spring has finally arrived. I believe the word of spring has sprung, Andrew. Yes. And it is super, today was, well, yesterday was very warm in the 80s. Yeah, it
1: was probably almost 85 degrees out yesterday, which is unheard of for mid-April in Massachusetts. Mm Mm-hmm. But we'll take it. I'm not complaining. I'm just no. saying it's unheard of.
0: No. So it was really nice over the weekend. Uh, I didn't get to go for a ride because I was busy working on my floors. And? And I was on a roll, so I wanted to go. Just keep and, going on the floors. And I took the glott out, pumped up the tires full of air, drove it about 20 miles uh, to where I get my hair cut. And... 'Cause I was like, oh, that's a good good little ride on a Saturday morning. I fill it full of gas for the ride home. I got home, parked it, went inside, worked at my house. Then I was gonna take it out that afternoon to run an errand and it wouldn't start. Just sputtered, died went, went, every time. Way. Yeah. Project car life.
1: And it turns out... As again, we extol the benefits and gratefulness, the great the greatness of the reliable Mitsubishis that always fail on us. They don't fail that often. This It just seems like they do because it's all we drive and we podcast about all the problems we have. Yeah. So every time that happens, we're like, oh. But then you get to realize that these are the problems spread across like 12 different cars.
0: Yeah. And this this fuel pump was brand new in 2012 when I put the car back together. It only has like 30,000 miles on it. It was like a Bosch pump.
1: So it was not a factory pump; it was an aftermarket pump. Yeah. Okay.
0: Because the original one was missing from the car. Yeah, because it had it.
1: the big hot rod drag race tank in it when you got it.
0: Yeah. So it has all the symptoms that it needs a fuel pump. Uh, I actually haven't tested the voltage yet at the pump. Yeah, I just I'm sure I'm going a chance it to it. What else could it be? I'll do it tomorrow, and then yeah, it's just I might even have a pump hanging around. I'm sure we do somewhere, and I'll just okay. pop it in, and it should be all right. It's probably the, is it the universal style pump? Yeah, it just attaches to the hanger. Yeah, exactly. I so. think I still have an extra one from the Montero, which may be the same. But wasn't that a cheap one we just put in on no, the Road? I it was, and then I bought a Denso one and then the fuel pump hanger broke and I bought a new fuel pump hanger. Uh so it came with a pump in it. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So I had I saved the Denso one. Oh, so if it's same. And it actually, I and saved really cheap. the cheap one too.
1: Yeah. At least you can try it first where you spend the money. Yeah.
0: Well, the Denzel one's already out. Right. Or if it doesn't fit, then I'll just put that in the new truck. So. I'm I'm my I'm adding to my list of things that I preemptively fix now. Fuel pumps. Yeah. Fuel pumps. Yeah. Alternators. I have tested.
1: Well, alternators are alternators, fuel pumps, and thermostats. Yeah, all the things you replace, when you buy a new car.
0: Well, yeah, and then on a Mitsubishi, I was reminded since we talked about how the the new the ninety nine truck was kind of hard to start. Uh, okay, Josh from ADD reminded me that the uh, coolant temp sensor. Oh,
1: yeah. For the ECU. Oh, yeah. Will cause
0: an extended start. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, that, that's always been on my list. I actually have, if you need them, the single-blade sensors in the glove box on the Sapporo. Yeah. Because I have extras of those because it's the same part number across Mitsubishi's for years. Yes. So that's one of the things I've always... And when
0: the ECU doesn't know the temperature, it doesn't... doesn't know doesn't, how much fuel to give it. Yes. Yeah. So it won't give it enough fuel on a cold start or it'll give it too much... Or it'll give it too much fuel. On a warm start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they cause all sorts of trouble, and they're only like 20 bucks, 30 bucks.
1: Yeah. Even don't for the even OEM ones. Much, I don't
0: think. No, yeah. even the OEM ones are a
1: little more. But I haven't bought one in a while because I stocked up a long time ago because yeah. it's literally the same part number across 25, 30 years of cars. Yeah. So I replace them all the time. Yes. That's the one for the gauge. That doesn't go very often, but the one for the computer goes a lot.
0: Yes. I That is a two-wire one. The
1: a computer one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That single blade is for the
1: gauge. Single blade is the gauge, sorry. I don't know why
0: it has to have two independent ones, but it does. Just to make things more complicated. Yep. Which, when I was driving the lot, gl- the check engine light came on, and I noticed that the wideband O2 sensor was reading kind of funny. And I was like, oh, maybe the O2 sensor is messed up, because mm-hmm. I did put a new one in. It, but it was reading kind of lean. So I'm thinking, maybe it was... The was fuel- a
1: voltage drop which caused the check engine light to go on, and then it was reading lean because it wasn't getting enough fuel? Yeah, because the the fuel, was going bad. the fuel
0: pump was going bad. So... Maybe that's why it was actually funny. I don't know. I'll yeah, try a we'll new fuel it. pump and we'll see what happens.
1: Sounds like it needs a new fuel pump, but my floor is almost done, so there's that. And it would be done if you didn't run out of nails. Yes, which you probably could have bought if you had a fuel pump that day.
0: <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. So it didn't. It it died in my driveway, the most convenient place ever. It is it, pretty convenient. It died in my parking spot in the driveway, so I didn't. There was, like, no urgency to fix it, so and there, was, and there was it. no
1: phone call to me to say, hey, come bring the trailer. I'm stuck on the side of the road in X.
0: That's the problem. I have to fix it in the driveway here because this is such a hill. Like, we wouldn't, to bring it to my dad's house, we'd have to push it up, up my hill. driveway. Yeah. And near, it's like I I'll can just
1: back the trailer down the driveway if you had to. Yeah, but
0: then we'd have to get it up inside the trailer. Yeah, inside the
1: trailer. And we could use it come along. It would yeah. work out. But whatever. It's just right, fuel on, pump it's right on top of the, the trunk. You can just change it. You don't
0: have to drop the tank, so no big deal. It's
1: definitely worth doing it right here in the driveway.
0: Any of your cars uh, have any issues or you just drive them?
1: Uh, well, it's springtime finally, so yeah. the Colt is out of hibernation.
0: Yeah, you got an inspection sticker?
1: I went out, got an inspection sticker on day one. I had to tell them how to get put a sticker on it, unfortunately. Why? Well, they tried to fail me for two different things. Um, first, he told me that my tie rods were bad. Yeah. Uh, he had the car jacked up and he was you know shaking the wheel back and forth like they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had to point out to him that the reason it was moving, if he looked inside the car when he was doing it, was that the entire steering column was turning with the steering wheel.
0: Oh, the steering wheel was not locked. The steering
1: locked. wheel was not locked, no. Yeah. So, of course, it's going to be a lot of play because it's completely unlocked and open.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that was number one. And then number two, he said my turn signals didn't work. But the car wasn't running and the headlights were on. Yeah. So with the car not running and the headlights not on, there wasn't enough voltage in the system to, for the flasher to work properly. Okay. So, And I know that sometimes at night the flasher goes really slow when the headlights are on anyway and the car is running. But I was like, oh, turn the headlights off and start the car, and the directionals will work just fine. I know they work. I just use them to pull into your parking lot. Yeah. So, you know, old car things are just little little things you got to show somebody to, to get the car. You can get, like, a new with,
0: electronic flasher.
1: I could, but, I mean, it works. Yeah. So I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't usually need my turn signals with the headlights on and the car not running. So this is true. I think I'm okay. So, but yeah, I got a sticker. I was happy about that. And the car is running amazing. Um, we actually went to our first car show this weekend. Uh, not, not we as in you and I, but we, as in me and Joey went together, our friend, friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, the UMass Lowell River Hawks car club car show, which was at the UMass Lowell campus in their parking garage. So it was, uh, quite a, quite a, quite an event for our first event. A uh, couple observations. Yeah. Um, car shows with younger crowds are always interesting. There was a lot of revving. Of course. Yeah, uh, because in the parking garage. So, but, but
0: that's been the same since we started going to car shows.
1: I guess. I guess. It just seems... We get older now and the okay, behavior older. stays the same. Yeah, I guess maybe that's what it is. Yeah. But the one weird thing that I did notice... Yes. ...was this is the first year in the state of Massachusetts that the, um... Uh, the marijuana is legal. Okay. And it was super prevalent at this car show. Okay. Like, to the point that it was obnoxious. And I don't know if that's going to be, like, the trend going forward now. I don't know why. Or if it's because it was college kids.
0: Because it's the same as drinking and driving. Right. It's exactly the same.
1: Right. It's still a DUI. Yes. Um, but it was super, super, like, everybody you walked by and I'm not trying to be like the the police officer oh, or like the, the the narc or like exactly. I'm not I'm not trying to be that guy right now. But it's a little obnoxious to be doing it heavily in public because it does it does have it does smell. And I mean it's and you walk by it and like a car show is like a, usually a family friendly event. And I, I was glad I didn't bring the kid because it was super strong and it was super annoying for a car Mm. show and it was already like the air wasn't great because it was a car show in a parking garage so it was already like exhaust fumes and there was clutch smell and a little Mm. bit of tire smell and then vape clouds well they're huge vape clouds it was obvious anyway but this the super heavy you know marijuana smell was was quite overpowering and a little irritating at a car show Yep. So, again, this is not a political thing. This isn't, yes, it's good, no, it's bad, whatever. It well, is no. what it is. No,
0: it's very clear you shouldn't do it while driving.
1: Well, they weren't driving. They were at a car show. Yeah, but they so had they, to they were, drive they, there. Well, not everybody there was driving. Like argument could be made, I guess, that maybe the passengers were the ones that were smoking.
0: You can get a contact high.
1: And I, you certainly could walk around this parking yeah. garage. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, wow, this is hopefully not the future of car shows in the area or that kind of car show. I mean, the older muscle car crowd is not going to be like that, I'm sure. But no. the young crowd is the young crowd. And, you know, whenever something's new, or maybe it's new, I don't know. But whatever. And old curmudgeon speech on the podcast. Well, yeah, so we went to the first car show. Had a good time despite the, the negative factors. So there was a good mix of cars there. Everything from a... Uh, Turbocharged LS powered like 68 Mercedes um, to however many Honda Civics you can count in one Wasn't there a
0: Subaru with a blower?
1: Yes. There was a Subaru Impreza that had this metal structure. I don't know even how to describe the metal structure. It kind of looked like a stool that you would find in a classroom, welded to something. It couldn't have been welded to the engine because all those components are aluminum, so I'm not sure what it was welded to. Maybe it was just had
0: brackets that bolted. Maybe the bracket take-
1: bolted somewhere and then it was welded on, and yeah. then it had like a junkyard like GM six cylinder supercharger from like a Grand Prix GTP on top of it. And now at this point, between the bracket and a supercharger we're probably a foot and a half on top of the hood at this point. There was no hood in the car. It was it was quite Quite a monstrosity. It was interesting. There was some nice cars there. There was some interesting cars there. Weird. Uh, but took the Colt. Colt made it to its first show all the way in Lowell. Everything was good. Car runs great. Car runs amazing, actually. All the work that was done last year, it's finally paying off. Nice. So I'm enjoying enjoying driving the car, and I drove it from Friday until yesterday as a daily, and it was awesome. So Cool. Yeah. So no project cars, I'm just driving a car, which finally. is odd and weird and strange and awesome.
0: I know. I get, to, uh, I get that fuel pump linked at so I can drive it.
1: Although I did find out that with a passenger, I do get tire rub on the right front fender under hard left turns. Okay. So i got to take care of that.
0: You can try that fender roller again.
1: Yeah, I'll have to roll. I didn't roll the front fenders because it didn't rub. It was just me yeah. in the car. But when I had a passenger, and even Joe, who's probably not even 200 pounds, just that extra ballast was enough to, uh-huh. to make that tire rub on a hard yeah. left turn.
0: Yeah, and I hope to get to the the Montero soon because the floor is pretty much done. So. Yep.
1: Actually, I meant to send it to you today. I forgot. I took a picture of a, uh, same exact color as yours. Montero going down 95 South nice. in like Boxford. And, yeah. Yes. I was like, Oh, it's Andrew. No, it's got Well, there's Andrew one next to the yet. coffee shop we go to all the time. So that one's beat though. This one was nice. Yeah. So he, he probably has better paint though. More than likely, but the whole truck's probably rotted. The one next to the coffee shop is very rotted. You can yeah. see it. Yeah.
0: So it's a question week, and we had a bunch of people ask us questions. Listeners, thank Thank you for participating. So we're going to get right into questions, because we're, again, recording a little bit late.
1: Yes, it was my mother's 60th birthday, so I did the family dinner thing, and I ran a little late, because my family likes to spend three and a half hours in a restaurant when they go somewhere. Oh, how dare you? Yes, I know. We take tables forever. So we're recording later at night than normal. No, it's fine. So what's the first question, Andrew?
0: Let's go to Instagram for the first one. Sure thing. Uh, So StuntNuts4130 asks, he says, what is with the comically high amount of tailpipe condensation coming out of newer Japanese vehicles when merging onto a highway? Do you know the answer to this? Some of these tailpipes seriously look like garden hoses under full throttle. It's probably just with emissions and better emissions. I mean, I noticed that like a lot of cars will just spit condensation out. New cars in general, yeah, when they're sitting idling.
1: Well, I I noticed what he said, and he he specifically says mass uh Japanese cars, yeah. Uh, and I've noticed it just before he asked the question just yesterday. I was behind uh, like spraying water, right? Like a lot of water. Yeah, yeah. It was behind. It was a new Infiniti, whatever they call the G now. Like the only Q, thing Q fifty, I think it I is. can
0: think of is that the exhaust to keep them quiet, has so many chambers and baffles. It just
1: builds up a lot of condensation. It's
0: building up. The the gases are building up and then cooling inside of the exhaust. I have no so idea. So then they condensate.
1: I think there's something that maybe we should put a pin in and actually look into and see if there is a reason for it because I don't actually know the answer, and it bothered me because it was bad enough that it like, sprayed my windshield. Yeah. He was in front of me on the, on the on-ramp, but he hit the gas, well, and I had it, to like, put the wiper on to
0: clean the windshield Well, off. water vapor is a byproduct of combustion.
1: It always has been. And then it does... Why is it different now?
0: No, because it's probably with the better exhaust, quieter exhaust. It's, it's cooling inside the exhaust pipe before it can exit as like hot steam. Okay.
1: Because I've always noticed it more And on, then the back pressure suddenly just blows that water out. Uh, you see it on a car that idles a lot. Or you see it on like a, a police car accelerates hard. Yeah. You know, because they've been idling all day and they finally accelerate hard and they have a lot of moisture, I've noticed. Yeah. But I just seem it seems to be more prevalent on a lot of more cars now like regular driving cars yeah. maybe that's why and we'll have to look into it for sure but. what's really
0: funny is when you cross like water in like a jeep or something like we were, when Jordan and I went on that trail ride okay uh, we went through some really deep water so even like his xterra and then like the jeeps you could just they just kept pouring water out of the mufflers yeah
1: because it goes inside of it yeah yeah because you're not revving the engine so it goes inside and then slowly yep. comes out. That, that's easy to explain, though. He drove through standing water. It's true. The 85-degree day with the Nissan Maxima in front of you accelerating, you get your new wipers on. Is not normal. I think
0: it's condensation. It's,
1: it's just, definitely condensation. It's just why is it so much more now than it used to be? Because I think it cools
0: in the exhaust. And that
1: is possibly the answer, but I'm going to actually look into that because it, it actually is bothering me now. I accept your answer, but I want to prove it.
0: Uh, I'm going to butcher this name. How do you pronounce that username? Where are we at? The bottom one.
1: Uh, Prestoni, 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 TJ. And if you click on his name, his name is TJ Prestoni. Oh, or Prestone. So it makes sense. What does Prestone, Prestoni TJ ask? Yes. Uh, gasoline. How much longer will we have it? I don't know. What do you think? Any thoughts? Supposedly there's a surplus right now. Yeah. But how long is the surplus good for? Who knows? Do you want to get political now? I don't want to get political but we got at least four more years. (laughs) At least. Um, I honestly don't think we're going to run out of fossil fuels in our lifetime. I don't know how old Prestoni is. I mean, if we're careful with it, like... I don't even think at this point we have to be careful with it. Um, Well... In our lifetime.
0: I I think what the big challenge is going to be with developing nations, as more developing nations come Getting them fuel. Yeah, and if they don't, like follow the same type of environmental standards and fuel economy.
1: They'll just be using it all. Yes. Well, I I don't think we're going to run out of of gasoline in our lifetime. Um, I also think that as it comes to a point where we may be running out of gasoline, you know, cue the conspiracy theorists here, but I think they'll have developed some sort of alternative gasoline. Electricity. No, an alternative (laughs) gasoline that will still run on an old gasoline engine you know that he makes synthetic oil
0: it's 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 made from
1: so can we d- make, dinos can, but, but they can make synthetic oil yeah can we make synthetic gasoline from synthetic oil I don't know but that's what I mean. I, it, the way technology works and, and science works, the leaps and bounds that everything makes, maybe not from synthetic oil. That's oversimplifying the you process, know, obviously.
0: We have a friend who has a master's in chemistry. You should probably just ask him.
1: He won't know either because he is not developing. His his job isn't to develop alternative gasolines. Yeah, but he knows how it works. You might have a better idea than us. But I, I think that when it comes to that point, I don't think that... We're going to see a replacement for the internal combustion engine 100% in our lifetime. I personally, obviously Andrew thinks a little differently maybe, think that there will be an alternative source of powering the old technology.
0: No, we're just going to all have electric cars.
1: No, we're not. I refuse to believe.
0: It's That's just the way it's going to be. You're just going to... It's not going to be. No, like horses
1: didn't go away. They just stopped using for transportation. Yeah, but you still could if you wanted to. You could It'd be kind of weird, but doesn't matter. You could still could if you wanted to and in nineteen twenty five when cars were becoming more and more prevalent, there were still people out there in horse and buggies, which is where we're kind of at right now with if you want to buy a Tesla again, but you can still drive a gasoline car too so I, I just I just think that there will be some kind of alternative figured out. I guess I don't know what it is going to sure. be. But I really think there is. I mean, this this way, the entire world is way too wrapped up in the internal combustion engine to just throw them all away.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: So I don't see it becoming a problem that we'll ever have to deal with. And maybe even people, you know, my daughter's age will ever have to deal with. I don't think it's going to be in any of the next couple of lifetimes.
0: I think it's be like a water world
1: situation. Might be. Yeah. I think the world will end before we run out of gasoline. I don't. I'm not that blind to it. I know that. You know, it's a. It's a fossil fuel it's a non-renewable resource and it eventually it will run out but I just think there'll be a, there'll be something else there really will be and some scientist somewhere probably is really close to it or has been you know here like I said Q conspiracy theory has been paid off by mobile already to keep it keep it hush yeah. hush that there is some kind of alternative fuel out there not an alternative source but alternative fuel that will power the existing vehicles All right sure Sorry. Tin Tinfoil hats and all. Moving on to the next question. That's the last of the, of the Instagram questions? That's lit. Yep. All right. So moving Let's, on to we'll Facebook. Go to, we'll go to Facebook.
0: Uh, our buddy Frank Eck, who is always posting our podcast everywhere. Yes. Thank you for being the cheerleader, Frank. Yes. Uh, he's got a couple questions, so we'll start with his first one. Uh, he's asking about the uh, Smoky Mountains Overland Rally, or SMOR, and what's the difference between that and the rallying you guys do?
1: Well first I think I want to point out that he says how about a, bit of a mention of the SMOR? Because I think he's a little bit um involved in oh, the organization is he? Okay. of it. Or at least he's a you know, he's likes to campaign for them too. Okay. Um which the Smoky Mountain Overlands rally, after looking into it, is very similar to the Vermont Overland rally that you've done. No, I haven't done that. Or that, that our friends have done yes. at the end of this year. Yes. So it's basically a multi day camping and just guided wooded trail event.
0: I think it wants to know what how it compares to like RTSDs. Yeah, exactly. And then our rally crosses and stuff. Yep.
1: And it's... Two-part question.
0: They're the same in name only, sort of, I guess. And like a, Of course. A rally has different meanings.
1: Yeah, but it could also be like you're going to a political rally and campaigning for a camp for a candidate or something. It's great. Well, Main well, news a rally. Yeah, <laughs> obviously.
0: But like a rally in the terms of using it with cars is you can have a... Like a performance rally.
1: I only bring that up because when we talk about the New England Forest Rally, people think that we're going to New Hampshire for a weekend to go, you know, fight for the trees. <laughs> so we're not. We're going to race, you know, what cars you race for the trees? But yes. Anyways, yes, performance rally, TSD rally, rally cross are all very different things from a rally, as in the Smoky Mountains rally, which is a meandering tour through an area, I guess. Yeah. There's
0: like a tour type rally. And then you have those silly things like the gumball and like the, uh, gold rush. Those are like douchebag rallies, douchebag rallies. (laughs) But then you have cool things like the the other thing I really want to do is a gambler rally, the gambler 500. They
1: just did one in New York, like the other weekend, which they're a little born from the douchebag style rallies. They're more the fighting against it. Like so ridiculous. Because it's so opposite of the gumball and the other.
0: Well, it's a it's an off road tour. It's not a race, so you just kind of everybody just gets a cheap car. It doesn't even have to. It, the original goal was for it to be a five hundred dollar car. Is it off road? It's off road, all off road.
1: That was a lot of highway in that one. Nope. Hmm. No, the gambler's is all high, all oh, off road. You're thinking the lemons rally. Yes, okay. that
0: that is all highway or pavement. Right. But that's a similar idea. But that's kind of like a TSD, kind of like a just a fun rally. I mean, I guess that's... The main thing is that a rally is typically... Actually, a rally is technically never a race. Even a, even a performance rally is not
1: a race. Because you're not racing against another car. You're racing against a clock.
0: Yes. And I believe that is the proper definition. So... But, but those, there's,
1: yeah, there's, there's many different types of rallies. And I think that the whole rally culture beyond performance rallies like the TSDs and the gambler style rally yep. or um i know the other podcasts in the west coast just did that big rally out there the uh what do they call that one Coastal range Coastal rally range rally mm-hmm. i think those are all m- more born from like people who are into cars that don't want to s- necessarily commit to a full race car but want to do more than going to a car show like gives you some, gives you a good reason to go out and drive your car in a group of group of people yeah. I think it's more like a blanket definition of what a rally is, is not a performance rally.
0: Well their definition of the Coastal Range Rally was a uh moving cars and coffee.
1: Yeah. Which is a reason to drive the car rather than just park it and talk. Yeah. Because so, which is why we're into cars in the first place is to drive them. Yeah. So I, we can have a fun route with, you know, scenic views and, and lots of fun. There was turns. too
0: much um I don't know, in the last couple of years it was like too much there was too many meets Let's cool to a meet. Yeah. We'll Too many meets, around. not enough driving. And it was like, this is, after a while, it's like, this is really boring.
1: Yeah. And we and we, we did like, the same thing ourselves. We had to mix it up more, not go to just car shows and try to do more of yep. different kinds of things.
0: So that's why we we do things like drive your Raider 12 hours to the middle of the night. Right. Stupid things. Yeah.
1: But whatever. It's all about the adventure. It's all about the story.
0: But the gambler would be fun if we found an old beater car to do it. Or Like even my just, Raider. <laughs> it, it would almost be cheating in that car, though. Cause it, it would probably make it. It probably would. And it's four wheel drive already. It's smoking like crazy. A lot of these are uh, like two wheel drive cars. Like so a lot of the lif- rule,
1: rule. in the gambler wasn't it? Was two no, wheel drive? No. no it it just
0: drive? the rule originally was five hundred dollars, and they were like, no, fuck it, just show up with a cool car.
1: Yeah, something interesting. Yeah, but not cool like a brand new Lamborghini. Just something like cool like a lot of and them obscure are obscure and weird. Are
0: lifted Crown
1: Vicks. which is obscure and weird. I'm more weird than obscure, but it is a cool thing. Well,
0: it kind of makes sense because they've got body on frames and stuff. And
1: Well, I would like to do the Smoky Mountain Overland Rally. Yes. That's for sure. It yeah. looks like fun looking at the pictures, and maybe in a couple of years we'll have to make that track down ourselves. Yeah, well, I know. Because we've camped in the Smoky Mountains before yeah. driving the tail of the dragon.
0: Well, see, so that'd, that'd be a cool trip if you brought a 4x4
1: down and a sports car. So we trailer the sports car with the 4x4. Yes, leave the sports guy park somewhere and go to the Tale of the Dragon because you know, there's
0: I guess there's a bunch of cool roads tons, around that area,
1: tons of cool roads
0: that are off, well there's tons of good paved roads and there's tons of good off-road trails too right
1: It's like up here in the woods with less rules. yeah why do we live here again, I don't know <laughs> do uh, not know whatever. that question is still from Frank. yep. Uh, what characteristics do you look for in a truly collectible Japanese vehicle? Worldwide, are plain Jane Japanese vehicles ever be collectible as a plain Jane domestic? Plain Jane, of course, equaling base model.
0: Oh, we just talked about this with the Celica that our friend Jordan sent us.
1: Yeah, we did. Because he was talking about, um, is it ST-165s? Yeah. Or one the, eight, like the or late 80s pop-up headlight style Celicas. Yes. They're front-wheel drive. Yep. Um, and they made the all-track, which was the turbocharged four-wheel drive. But we were talking about just the generic baseball GT, G- GT GTS. Yeah. Um, but it was
0: super clean. The one he sent us Craigslist. Hat. Right.
1: Um, I'm going to say yes, um, and I don't look for anything as far as collectability goes beyond a popular car. Then I think will be collectible. Now, like yeah. take the Honda Accord that I just had at Vintage Imports. Yeah, it was a Honda Accord. I mean, it wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't a race car by any means. It was just a clean, low-mile 1979 Honda Accord. Um, and the reason that it was collectible is because that's the kind of car that somebody's mom had, you know, when they were growing up, or somebody's grandmother. or Somebody somebody had one in their family, and they remember it. And, again, we've talked about this before in the show, the collectability, a lot of it has to do with, um, um, yeah, nostalgia, remembrance, yep. memories. So I think that that is the only thing that I look for is something that's popular enough in the past to have a small following now.
0: Well, it had that car also had specific features that made that car very unique.
1: I don't think that mattered much in the long no? run, though. I mean, it was cool to tell the story that they had. it was an AC car with... All the chrome doodads. Well, I
0: meant like the engine in it, the CVCC, was very revolutionary for the time.
1: But that goes a long ways as to saying why it was popular in 1979, because it was a good car in 1979. It stood out in 1979, so it stands out now as a collector car, whereas something like my 1980 Colt is only collectible to me, and I don't really have an explanation for why I like it, I just like it. Yeah, you know, it's a front-wheel drive condo box in the '80s, but it's not something that enough people are into today to make collectible, as far as value goes. You know, I paid you know less than a thousand dollars for the car; well, and it's probably worth that now. That's
0: what I was trying to say: is that that Accord was a milestone model for
1: Honda. Okay, I, I can see that, but again, that, I think that because so, it was a milestone model is why. Eh, maybe you're right. Yeah, it
0: has significance in a historical significance in the Honda lineup. Okay, I, I can go with that. Whereas your, like you said, your Colt was just in a cunnel box. It
1: wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't anything. It was a throwaway car.
0: Yeah, there wasn't anything special about it. They didn't put a lot of technology into it. No, absolutely. It's very, a very yeah. 1980.
1: It still has ignition points. <laughs> exactly. So it was a
0: very basic car compared compared to that Honda was very advanced.
1: Okay, so I, I guess as far as that goes, then the characteristics you look for in a collectible Japanese vehicle. Our manual transmission, rear-wheel drive. Yeah. Other than that, it's kind of open.
0: Well, it depends on the car
1: maker because if it's going to be Again, Honda. Again, that Honda Accord with the front-wheel drive automatic will still collectible, but... Yeah, it'll be front-wheel drive. I think generally, as a rule, if I'm buying a car for myself, maybe not for a profit, but just for myself to own, to enjoy, it's going to be, if it's Japanese, it's generally, with exceptions, going to be rear-wheel drive, manual transmission. Yep. That's it. But,
0: so our plane... Base model American cars, clutchable. I think they are coming up.
1: They have been for a while. Yeah, they have been for a while. Because
0: as them. the muscle cars, the high end muscle cars became untouchable to average people.
1: Yeah. If, if a Chevelle SS was you know closing in on six figures of the big block. Yeah, but you could buy the same body style in a you know 1970 Malibu with a six cylinder for 4,500 bucks. Yes, then people would start buying those and push those up ten, fifteen grand for a clean one. now. Yeah. so but they're going up. They're going up. Everything goes
0: up. Yep, totally. Alright, so next question is from Frank. And he's, he wants to know which is, or in our opinion, probably which is better, urethane or rubber suspension bushings. And I guess it depends on what you want to do.
1: Yeah, depends on the application.
0: If you're just putting a car back to stock and you don't care about performance or longevity, like over the long, long haul, then. It also
1: depends on the bushing in the car, too. It depends on
0: the bushing. The rubber is probably fine. Yep. I like polyurethane in suspension stuff in certain places.
1: But there are also places where it makes the ride too harsh, or if you put a solid motor mount in the car, a lot more of the vibration gets transferred through the car. There's a lot of reasons to not do it as well.
0: Well, I don't think I would ever put solid mounts in a car.
1: Just okay. Like solid so mounts. That I reason. just wouldn't do it. Yeah.
0: It's just too much. I've put polyurethane mounts in certain things. Like we were talking about that rear end, uh, four bolt rear end I bought for the Talon already has polyurethane bushes has pressed polyurethane into it, in it. Because the original ones are no longer available, yep. the rubber ones, and they're long dried out in my car. So. And,
1: and the rear differential mount in those cars is notoriously loose anyway. That, no. No? no. It it's always bang around? No, not really. Hmm. You don't get too much of a clunk out of those. Maybe mine is old and worn out when I hit my car. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but like on the... Like in the Gallant, I didn't do this to the town yet, I've got only half of the motor mounts polyurethane because the... I've got the transmission one is polyurethane, and the front roll stop, I've got the polyurethane insert. Okay. But up on the driver's side, where it hooks to the body, that, that engine mount, is rubber. And then the rear one, where it hooks to the subframe, is rubber. Okay. So I call it a hybrid setup. I don't know if anybody else calls it that. Instead of doing all of them, I do half. Cut. And it cuts down yeah. on vibrations. I don't call it lazy. No, it could, no,
1: because I had just, the, just I it, had the I
0: polyurethane one up top.
1: And, and it felt it a lot more, and especially it, yeah. the one connected to the body.
0: Yeah, because exactly. It yeah. bolts right into the body, and then it would just vibrate right through the dashboard, right through the steering column, and just shake the steering wheel. So as soon as I switched that out and then put it like this hybrid setup. car was a lot better to drive. We, but I could still feel the engine. Like it wasn't totally yeah. disconnected. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about having the polyurethane on the transmission side is it keeps the transmission in place because it's cable shifted.
1: Yep, the firmer, better. Yeah, shifts. so it doesn't
0: move stuff around on you. And I have done that. I've have replaced the shifter cable bushings with brass ones. That's also another, to make it more. That's rise. another thing to do. And then yeah. actually the only solid bushings I've ever put are the shifter base bushings in a DSM. You get rid of the rubber ones. You put metal ones.
1: Everything to make it easier to shift the car and yeah. less likely to miss a gear.
0: Yeah, it doesn't move around as much, so that's pretty good. Uh, on the Montero, I used polyurethane for the trailing arm bushings at the front because they were okay. just dry rotted and gone, and I think they're not. I don't think they're available anymore. So, so, so again, you could get. I put them in. They work great. Yeah, I can't. Feel they, like solved, the, in that now. they solved that. Yeah. They solved the huge rattle. I don't feel any difference in like suspension movement articulation. So
1: especially not in the front mounts like that. I don't think you really feel too much of that.
0: Well, it's where the, the arms kind of twist P- and stuff. Pivot point, but I don't yeah. think
1: it's really going to be as far as, like, there's no lateral movement coming out of no. there or anything. So, but
0: And then I've got those, like, caster bushings in the glant. Those play.
1: were huge, though. That's a big difference.
0: Yeah, those made a big difference. Yeah. There's a lot of play in that rubber bushing in the back of that control and That's arm.
1: directly where the steering is. So, I mean, if your control arm is mounted... You know, the more yeah. positive your control arm is mounted, the more positive your steering is going to feel. Yeah. So it I also like those. gave it a little more caster, too, yep. so it made it a little quicker. So, again, steering quicker.
0: It depends on the application.
1: Yep. They have their place. They do. If it's a street car, not everywhere, but some places. Exactly. If you're going to build a race car, by all means, go all out. Well,
0: if you're going to build a race car, you're going solid.
1: Yep. All out. Go all out.
0: Yeah. Tr- total track day. Yep. All right. So Jordan Mill asks... He says, Do you think the internet has created an echo chamber in which the minority of mechanical problems of X model car get blown out of proportion? So I think that's like
1: all of the Subarus need ringlands and. Which is a horrible, horrible, terrible word. Yeah. I don't even like that word. No. They just talking about piston rings, right? Yeah. Why do we call them ringlands? I don't know why they call them ringlands. Why do only Subaru people call them ringlands? I don't know why. I don't either. They're rings. It's super annoying. It's like somebody on Naziaq one day was like, "These are Ringlands," and then everybody just followed suit. I guess much in the way a lot of, a lot of things happen on Naziaq. <laughs>
0: uh, I I think I think anything gets blown out of proportion on a forum.
1: Oh, a hundred percent.
0: Because, well, gee, things get blown out of proportion on the internet. That never happens. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, one person will post, and then another person will post about the problem, and then...
1: Three people out of 150,000 cars that had this problem, but since those three people were vocal about it, all of a sudden it's an issue.
0: Yeah. And it really, like, the oil blow-by in a lot of modern cars is very common, not mm-hmm. just in Subarus, common in Audis.
1: So you see that in Audis at work.
0: It's common in a lot of things because of the CAFE standards. They've made the tolerances a lot looser. Oh, have they really? Yeah. To increase fuel economy. Because but the byproduct yeah. is, yeah, so the engine's not running as tight, is that you're burning more oil. Interesting. And if you're not paying attention and you burn through all that oil. You blow your motor up. You burn the engine, so.
1: So you're saying that my old cars are now, everybody's good as a brand new Audi.
0: They use just as much oil, if not more.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. I use about a quart of oil every thousand miles in the blue gold.
0: Yeah, that's actually better.
1: Better than a new Audi? Yeah. Wow, there's, that's bad. There's some that are real bad. That's real bad but do they have uh, dipsticks in their Audis? there are no dipsticks so, so it uses a lot of oil it doesn't have a dipstick no it
0: uses a lot of oil and then the light comes on and tells you it's low
1: it seems like a horrible terrible no good very that's bad just idea. the way they are so are you, are you saying now in your your professional internet opinion don't buy an Audi or have we just blown this out of proportion on our own
0: no they're fine they're fine okay just keep they're they're, keep, ta- they're keep taking care of it so yeah.
1: It's a problem they know about. They take care of it. No, I think Jordan is correct, though. I think that it's definitely things get blown out of proportion on the internet. I think about cars, about anything in general. But as far as
0: well, we said people. before, DSMs get blown out of proportion. I think.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That's why we had this whole podcast. Every get with, every goddamn to, time, to talk positively about Mitsubishi.
0: Somebody post a friggin' uh, like a first gen for sale. Like somebody post something Walk meme. Yeah, yeah. Like so done with it.
1: Yeah. Done. But the funny thing is, is, they don't even stop it. it. They don't even put it just for the first gens anymore. Now somebody's like, hey, bought a 2012 Gallant. Somebody's like, crank walk, watch crank walk. It's like, no, stop. No. <laughs> it's nothing to do with that anymore. No. It's only certain cars, it's only second gens, and it's only mostly the standard transmission cars. Yeah. But, but even then, not all of them.
0: No, it the seven volts. They had a weak thrust bearing. Yep, and it was both, actually a half. thrust Any bearing. of
1: them that are still on the road have been fixed. It wasn't
0: a full thrust bearing, so, so get over it. That the six bolt had. So yes, things get blown out of proportion,
1: and it's annoying. Sometimes there's a positive effect to it. Like you can buy a mid mid two thousands Porsche for fifteen grand now. Oh, it's <laughs> because of the IMS blown out of proportion. IMS bearings. It's like I forget what the percentage of cars is that it actually affects, but it's pretty low. Then you just fix it. And you just fix it for 1000 bucks or whatever it is, and you can buy that car dirt cheap now. I mean, yeah, they're not the best Porsche all around, but that particular engine problem... Was
0: it 996s? Yeah, 996s. I like 996s. Yeah.
1: I mean, they have terrible-looking steering wheels and weird-looking headlights, but I, I can like get over them. the headlights. I like them. I have no problem with the headlights. I would drive a 996. The steering drive- wheel belongs in an F-150. You can't dispute that, but you can change that. Whatever. So it's fine. I'll
0: fucking drive the shit out of a 996.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. So what's the next question? That's your limit of swearing tonight, too. You said it like four times. Whatever. No, I'm just saying.
0: I checked the box. Listen. Explicit no I'm language. Just
1: saying, I did have one listener contact me. Oh, really? And say he appreciates the lack of swearing. Oh, okay. So we had to keep it on the down low for that one particular listener. Because he's a good listener.
0: This is it's late night. We're fired up.
1: It's, it is late night. And unfortunately, you can listen to this whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have any coffee tonight. We're fired up. So no coffee, no beer, not even water tonight. No, we're all done. The f bombs uh, make your mouth water again. I guess I don't know. All right, Joey Archibald, moist. Don't I say moist? (laughs) I said it. Moist. Uh, Joey Archibald says, "Are we going to Sema?" As he asks us every time he sees us, "When are we going to Sema?" We're gonna try to get there someday, but it's not really a priority in life right now. No. are you paying for the trip, Joe? Because if you're paying for the trip, we're we're down. Yeah. But Mikhail. I don't know, Mikhail. Do you?
0: Yes. Okay. Yep. He does uh, I don't understand the question. <laughs> uh no, he does uh video.
1: Oh, okay. This is shooting as in video and photography. Yes. Okay.
0: And Oh, he's-
1: wait a second. I think he does a lot of dragway stuff, right? Doing the dragway yeah. stuff? Okay. Yep. I have seen his stuff before.
0: Michael Visual?
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. yep. His stuff's cool. You Look him up on YouTube, Michael Visual. Yeah, very Does good. There's a lot of local uh, drag racing coverage and I think a lot of Honda stuff.
1: Yeah, but well he says, I missed out. When will you be shooting next to me again? Which obviously is reference to you because.
0: Yeah, because we haven't, I haven't been to like a local drifting event in a while to go shooting. That's usually where I run into him. Okay. Um, I didn't go out all last summer. So maybe this summer. We were talking about that, I think, the other week. Like you need to go just check one out.
1: That drifting event, yeah. yeah. I still haven't been. You're actually wearing a Club Blues North am, as we speak. I shirt. am. I'm
0: wearing the shirt right now. That's what, Seeing his question reminded me when I changed my shirt this afternoon, so I was like, oh, I'll wear that shirt during the podcast.
1: But, so it's, yeah, Mikael, uh, Michael, Michael Visual? Yeah. M-I- M-I-K-E-L Visual. Yeah. And he's got like, a YouTube channel and a Facebook page and everything, yep. and he does a lot of stuff. I, don't, I know he's a lot of DSM guys know him, too. Is he, was he a DSM guy? I don't remember. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should know him more than I do, but I probably do know him, and I'm probably being a total jerk on area right now. I've probably <laughs> met him 13 times. Anyway.
0: No, that's the other thing we got to do is go to doing the dragway.
1: Yeah, we got to do a little bit of everything. That's why when I went to the UMass Lowell car show, you were like, eh, I don't know. And I was like, whatever. We just got to get out there and do more events. And I don't even want to I'm taking pictures. Well, to be fair, I was <laughs> the, in
0: the middle of a project, and I was like. No,
1: 100%. You, in- two, two things happened. You were in the middle of laying down floor in the living room. And the fuel pump went out, and you're out that day, or oh, that weekend. Yeah. So, I was, so overall, you were like, done. <laughs> I was like,
0: a, well, I was generally annoyed that that broke. And then I was like, well, I have this
1: other project. I I'm could busy just, anyway. Screw cars today.
0: Yeah, I have this other project I'm getting done, and it feels good to just get it done. So I'll just yes. focus on this right now.
1: And you didn't miss out on much other than a carbon monoxide headache. So yes. it's all good. Yeah. Last question of the day. All right. Uh, Kip Gettle. Um, real name? Nope, We won't say it. Kip nope. Gettle. Um, Would the new demon? This is your
0: friend from Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania? Yes. from the imports of Carlisle that we He's, talked about. He is, yes.
1: yes. We talked about meeting people and meeting friends down there, and yes. make good enough friends to even come to your wedding. Yes, you know, eight and a half hours away. This is him, Kip Gettle. Would the new demon make a killer touring car if proper mods are applied for aero and suspension? I think. I mean, that's obviously a yes. I I guess. I mean, it overkill. Has,
0: it has more horsepower than uh, American Le Mans car. Was it,
1: 825 or 865 or something?
0: Uh, I actually pulled up a thing with a bunch of facts on it because today was like a huge circle jerk. Yeah, it
1: about... was definitely Dodge Demon Day. Yeah. Because they just released all the numbers today, that's why.
0: Yeah, it's at the New York Auto Show.
1: Oh, is that what it is? The New York Auto Show this week? Yeah. This week?
0: I mean, it's it's a ridiculous car.
1: I, I love the fact that it exists. Yeah, totally. Is, everybody is like always waxing nostalgic about, oh man, I wish I was around during the... You know, the muscle car heydays, nope. the muscle car we wars. We are in We're horsepower in the wars. in middle of them right now. And it, there was never an 800-plus horsepower car back no. in those days. Here,
0: okay, so, here's this. World's fastest quarter-mile production especially car. Especially with traction. The uh, So the best ET is a 9.65.
1: Is that At with,
0: 140 miles an is hour. Is that
1: with the standard car or is that with the, no, the $3,000 computer package you can buy for it?
0: No, that's the standard car.
1: Okay, because have you heard all the facts about this yet?
0: I don't know. I know that it comes ready to bolt in a, a a roll cage, and that you cannot run, like you cannot run that fast at a track without a cage. Like they, they just, right? The car is not legal to be run on a drag strip unless there, you run it slowly.
1: There is a package you can buy a computer for it. It's three thousand dollars from Mopar. Okay, and then you run race gas, and it makes ten twenty-five for us. Oh, and it runs like. Even faster. Than because otherwise. from
0: the factory, it's selectable. You can tell it that you're going to run on there's 91, a, there's or you can a, yeah. tell you're
1: going to run on 100. But then there's another package you can buy.
0: So you can get like 116 Sunoco
1: or something? I don't know, but it makes like 1023 horse from the factory, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I,
0: so, I mean, so the, the standard version is 840 horsepower, 740 foot-pounds of torque.
1: It's, it's more than my diesel truck, as far as the torque number goes.
0: So first ever front-wheel lift in production car. Three feet. It will lift the front wheels off the line. Isn't it four-wheel drive? No. It's rear-wheel drive. Oh, I thought it was to be four-wheel
1: drive. No. It a has thing. special
0: uh, Neato drag uh, DOT cheater slicks from, the, from factory. the factory with skinnies in the front. That's cool. Yeah. So, fastest zero... World's fastest zero to 60 time, 2.3
1: seconds. This is ridiculous. It's, it's overkill for an, for a touring-style car. Like a road course car.
0: Highest what? G-Force acceleration of any production car at 1.8 Gs.
1: I love that it exists.
0: It's like hundred grand, right? I don't know what it is. All I know is that they'll never be cheap, ever.
1: No, because they'll be a limited production and, car. And,
0: uh, I mean, they're just like... So the
1: Hellcats never be cheap either.
0: What do you do with it? You just win cruise night? You Pretty roll much. up with your Hawaiian shirt in this thing and That's why I read it? that.
1: Somebody made a joke about a Hawaiian shirt earlier, but it only comes with one seat. And I forget where I was reading it. It was some friend of ours' Facebook page.
0: But apparently, you can option in
1: the seats. You can option in second seat, but the way, but But whatever, for a dollar,
0: it only costs you a, do- a dollar. Yeah,
1: or whatever the person said on their on their post. It was, and I I'm not going to take credit for this because I read it on one of our friends' pages. I don't yeah. remember which one it was, but it said uh, you'll need that one seat anyway because your wife left you a long time ago for <laughs> it in the Hawaiian shirt out every day. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it's for other than it's just for winning bench racing, but actually having numbers to back it up. But none of these are gonna be used anyway. They're all gonna be bought float like, away in twenty years. recover
0: These things it's gonna be like Dodge Demon with twenty miles, pulled out a barn and you're like who the fuck cares?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it was like a turbo transam now. There's so many of those that has been you know bought brand new and restored and it's like you can buy if you wanted to buy a less than fifty mile turbo transam from like nineteen, you know, eighty nine, ninety ninety, whatever year it was yeah. You you literally have like fifteen or twenty to choose oh, from. Oh, really? Yeah, there's so many of them. What
0: was there. the the other day with those two Buicks? so they they're yeah, Grand National.
1: Dealer mileage, Grand Nationals. Somebody just put in a barn somewhere and just didn't touch. And then all the, the reason that they got attention was because they went listed on eBay for buy it now like two hundred and seventy five so thousand dollars. Stupid, yeah. And they weren't even cleaned off because obviously for the barn find you need uh, yeah. to leave the dirt on it. Now yeah, it's dust to do, which yeah. is stupid. The okay. stupidest stupidest trend I've ever heard.
0: But I mean. Yeah, I mean this demon thing is cool. Like, it's cool because of all the tech that they put into it.
1: Yeah, well, I love the launch control setup it has, where instead of being a computer launch control, that
0: oh, it has a tor- it has a uh, trans brake.
1: Well, it has a trans brake, but it also has a, the valve on like a wastegate that like partially opens when the car is still standing still and closes slowly as the car gets traction. Ah. so it's a mechanical, like a mechanical launch control.
0: Yeah, so I I appreciate all the tech that went into this car and the engineering. Oh, like, hundred percent. I love I that's love a, that it exists. That's really really cool, but I mean I don't think you'd really enjoy driving it. Oh, I would enjoy driving it. You'd enjoy driving it for, a, I mean it's a burnout machine.
1: Yep. But so is a Hellcat, for yeah. thirty grand less.
0: I think even less than that you can get a Scat Pack, and it's still still a
1: burnout machine. Really fast. Yeah. So it was like four hundred or five hundred horse or something like that. Yeah. Listen, these cars need this kind of horsepower because they still weigh as much as the Titanic. So, I mean, they're big freaking cars.
0: But so is Dodge, like, just the nuts company? Like, they just...
1: I think so. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. who else made a Viper? Dodge. Who else made a Prowler? Dodge. It was Plymouth. Chrysler Corporation in general. Technically, a Demon should be a Plymouth, too, didn't it? No, it was Dodge Demon. Dodge Duster uh, Okay. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, it's... Well, there's a Jeep Trackhawk. Trackhawk. Oh, there's a Trailhawk. I think it's Trackhawk. Because it sounds dirty. No, I think it's a Trailhawk. I think it's a Trackhawk. There's there's a new it's Jeep. A Trailhawk and a Trackhawk. There's
0: a Cherokee coming out that has the Hellcat. And there Cher- already
1: is a Trailhawk, which is something else. Yes. And not as going to be a Trackhawk, which is going to be the Hellcat motor and a Grand
0: Cherokee. The 707 horsepower Stupid. Jeep <laughs> Cherokee. <laughs> but
1: also, they used to make the SRT8 Jeep Cherokee which is also stupid. Basically, they took whatever anybody else did and were like, we're going to do it better and faster. So Chevy came out with the Camaro C-O-P-O car, the Copo Camaro, yeah, like two years ago. And Dodge was like, well, we're going to make the Demon, and we're going to make your Copo obsolete. And Co- Mustang had the Cobra, the King Cobra, whatever it was, the Shelby... GT350R. Well, that's the, that's the race car, but they had the drag car, too, a couple years ago.
0: Oh, I missed the drag car. It had,
1: like, a giant snake on the side of it, and it was the GT500 King Cobra or something like that.
0: See, I'd rather have a GT350R.
1: Because oh, the, absolutely, because we're more all-around car guys. We yeah. don't want to do just drag racing. But I just I appreciate the drag racing specials that are coming out because they did in the 60s and 70s, too. They you did. You had a COPO Camaro in the 60s. You had a, you know, um, what do you call it? A a... Uh, you know, a, a Chevy 409, you know, a Biscayne with, you know, yep. oh, yeah, the Ford Thunderbolts, yep. which were, you know, fiberglass hoods, fiberglass fenders, ridiculous big motor in a small mid sized car. So they, things existed in the past, too. And the difference is, is back then they were all bought by drag racers, driven hard until they were obsolete and then disappeared. Yeah. Whereas these cars nowadays are being bought by speculators. Yes. Who are buying them, putting them in storage, and not using them as intended. Nope. So it kind of sucks. Well, But whatever. I guess you can't change people. So. No. And then it's... When you market something as collectible, it will never be collectible. It's basically what it is. Whereas they, in the 60s, they weren't marketed as collectible. They were marketed as, hey, you want to go fast? This is what you buy. Basically. So, and now they're being marketed as limited production, collectible. So... That's like you know, like I said, if it's marketed as collectible, it won't be collectible because everybody will buy it and save it. Mm-hmm. 40th anniversary Corvettes, you know, they're the same way. There's tons of them that have no miles on them because which ones are those? The maroon '93s. The, they're pretty though, the maroon. Well, oh, they're pretty, but there's they were marketed as a collectible car. So hundreds of them were saved. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody wants them.
0: <laughs> Limited edition, and yeah. everybody saved theirs. Yeah, so. the
1: eighty-two collector's edition was the same way. Yeah, the, the two-tone silver there. So it just it is what it is. I mean, I I like the fact that it exists. Like you said, I love the technology in it. Uh, the question was, would it make a good touring style car? Of course, it would. It just might be a little too powerful for that, but what the hell? Yeah, why I, not? You're probably better off with a scat pack car. Oh, 100%. But, I mean, it's also a big car to begin with, so. Well, I, part of me wants to do, like, the neon green Sam Posey Challenger from, like, you know, 1970, but.
0: If you did it in a non-Hellcat car, just the V8 one, but yeah, they're still.
1: it's, just, it's just a big car, but.
0: They're a very big car. When you're, like, the proportions are, they look small in a photo, and then you get next to one in person.
1: Well, yeah. you even put it next to, like, an actual 1970, and it's still big.
0: Yeah, because they weren't small cars. They weren't pony cars. No,
1: but the new one still looks big next to the 1970s, i yeah. saying. It still makes the nineteen seventy look small. Yeah. So, when that 1970 was a much bigger car than a Camaro or a Mustang. Yeah. But still, it's definitely a big car.
0: Well, you are a Mopar no car,
1: so. A Mitsu Mopar no car. All your so Dodge? I don't own any non-Mitsu Dodges, though. Okay. So, they're all Mitsu Dodges. It's different. That will change someday. I'd love to have a, a Duster or a Demon, like a 71, 72 Duster 340, I like those. Yeah, 340 Duster or the yeah. or the Demon was the same basic thing. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with one of those, or even a uh, mid 70s Dart with a curved back glass. Those are cool, or even earlier ones like a 69 70 Dart.
0: See, I like about the Chrysler products in the 60s and 70s was the Coke bottle shape in the side.
1: Like the 68 Charger, yeah. That was cool too.
0: But they carried that through a lot of their uh Yeah, they did product.
1: even into the seventies on the big Plymouth satellites and stuff, yeah. they had that the big quarter panel and it kinda got skinnier by the belt molding and the door handle and everything. But yeah, that, yeah. that design went for a while. But I, I really do like those sixties and seventies Mopars. Um and the lower end ones hadn't gotten any kind of love for a long time. Yeah. And they're starting to come up now too. It was always if you didn't have a four forty car, if you didn't have a Hemi, it wasn't worth spit. No. And now they've kind of come up a little bit more yeah. buying the 318s and the 360s. And basically, nothing cool is cheap anymore. Nope. That's all there is to it. Nope. So, are there any more questions anywhere? I and don't your think page, so. Your personal page?
0: No, that was that was on my personal page. Oh, we didn't check the... Yes, that was my personal page. Okay. Should probably check the off topic page.
1: Yeah, probably. I don't think they're any there, actually. I think it was just nope. the same ones we already okay. answered about the demon and the semen question from Joe.
0: No, there was. There's one. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, Gillette Jake. He says, "Have you guys seen or tried the Moloto Chrome paint markers yet?" And he says they might make bare metal foil obsolete. So I haven't tried them yet.
1: I have never even heard of them until this question. Actually, did you look them up? Nope, not yet. Did you? I have. I
0: meant to look them up earlier, and I did not. But they sound kind of neat. Moloto. Moloto. M o m o l. Yep. Volato Liquid Chrome comes right up. Oh, look at that.
1: Amazon. Hmm. Only $10, So huh? Interesting. Yes, this is not a very interesting podcast talking about nope. it like this, but um, I do like the concept. So this is obviously for a scale project, cars. Yes. Um, doing chrome trim versus painting chrome trim. We usually use a, a bare metal foil product, which is basically adhesive-backed chrome foil. What I've used foil.
0: on a couple things... For doing engine blocks and exhaust, and metalizers, is, uh, not what's even better than metalizers is the Alclad two paint. Oh yeah, 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 yep. So you have to paint it over like a primer or a gloss black, gloss black. And I've seen people use the chrome version that you paint over gloss black, and it looks really, really good. It looks like chrome. You spray it out of an airbrush. Okay. I've seen people strip kit chrome, paint the pieces gloss black and then do that. And uh yeah it comes out really well. So
1: well just looking on at the images on Google for this Molotov chrome. yeah Um this particular 356 kit was done with it and it looks like bare metal foil. It does. (laughs) Yeah. So I might have to look into this because I hate bare metal foil so much. And if I can have a pen that I can just draw it on with, I'll be much happier. You might still have to mask, but it'd probably be easier easier than dealing with chrome metal foil. And it's and
0: about the same price as chrome metal foil.
1: Yeah, so it was ten dollars for yeah. thing of it. All right, we'll look into that, July. Yeah, Thank you for that one, yeah. Jake. Sounds uh, but, uh, sounds good.
0: Since we didn't bring any coffees or water, my voice is starting to go, so I think we're going to call this one.
1: Well, we've been here sitting here for a good long time anyway, so yeah. it's a good length.
0: All right, so thanks for listening. Thanks for asking us questions. Yeah, we absolutely. appreciate the participation. You can follow uh, Auto Off Topic on Facebook at Auto Off Topic Podcast. You can follow it on Instagram at Auto Off Topic. You can email us at uh, autooptopic at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Race and Anger. And as always, the podcast is brought to you by
1: Vintage Imports of New England. Yes. Check us out at VintageImportsNE.com. Uh, email me at Brad at VintageImportsNE.com. And check out our Facebook page at the same, and our Instagram page Vintage Imports NE. Yep.
0: All right. Keep your cars analog.
1: Good Good night.